Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome back the co-founder of Paleo FX, Keith Norris. in my definition, is your God-given right as a human being. You were born a fully sovereign individual, meaning you are the captain of your own ship. Nobody has jurisdiction over your body. Nobody has jurisdiction over what goes into your body. Nobody. And we have, as a population, we have given that up. We have outsourced our health to doctors and so-called experts. We have outsourced our governance to others who think that they have control over us. And this has been a willing act. We have been hoodwinked as a society that that's the normal course of action. In my opinion, it is abnormal. It's abhorrent, in fact, to outsource control of your body to another. What goes into your body, what you do with your body, how you think, what you think. Your actions, as long as you do not harm another, are your actions. And you should be given free will to do that. It is your God-given right. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I wanna thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. I'm excited to bring back my brother, my friend, Keith Norris. Many of you know who he is in the health community. He is the co-founder of Paleo FX, one of the largest internationally known health events in the entire world. It's his baby. And Paleo FX is a grassroots, ground-up, entrepreneurial effort that started many years ago. You probably attended one of the events. And today's episode we dive into his latest book. Him and his wife, Michelle, wrote a fantastic book to really empower you called Primal Uprising, the Paleo FX Guide to Optimizing Your Health, Expanding Your Mind, and Reclaiming Your Freedom. How many of us want to reclaim our freedom? He talks about sovereignty, and it is your God-given right as a human being. He also explains how this book came about. He blocked out time, him and his wife, Michelle, to write this book, and the world is blessed as a result. We get into the seven pillars he outlines in the book, and we give you three takeaways from each pillar. First pillar is the physical pillar, how to dial in and listen to your body. Second pillar is the mental pillar, embracing the present moment. We talk about affirmations. If you know some of my work, I'm a big fan of affirmations. They have changed my life. Whatever comes after the words, I am, will manifest because we don't get what we want in life. We get what we are. And what we are 
are those thoughts that we think every day. And we're going to talk about that. Then we get into the third pillar, the emotional pillar. How to have hard discussions with people you disagree with. Hmm. Very important in this day and age. The fourth pillar is the spiritual pillar. Find your relationship with other. And that other can mean different things according to your beliefs. The fifth pillar is the financial pillar. Why money is freedom. And you should consider it an energy unit. And the seventh pillar are the relational pillars and the tribal pillars. So we're going to dive into that. And then we're going to discuss the Paleo FX event taking place in 2022. Paleo FX is back in person, and I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be there. I would love to see you. And we talk about their upcoming event in April 29th through May 1st, 2022. You'll learn more about the event and why I want you to be there and I want to see you there. So you could check out the links for his books and everything mentioned, including the Paleo FX event taking place next year. You could find that in the podcast notes down below. You're going to love Keith. I can't wait to bring him on with you shortly. Before I bring him on, I want to take a moment here and a shout out to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Anti Number 2 titled Excellent Information. The show contains a lot of useful information, especially for me, who is new to keto. I especially enjoyed the episode with Amanda Nybert. I'm looking forward to learning more via Keto Camp Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. I'm glad you enjoyed the episode with registered dietitian Amanda Nybert. That was a fantastic conversation. We talked about intermittent fasting, why dietitians are giving the wrong advice, unfortunately, when it comes to losing weight. And we talk about the dangers of eating frequently, the importance of vitamin D, and much, much more. That was an awesome episode. Go listen to that. It was published a few weeks ago. Listen to that after today's episode with Keith. If you haven't left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so right now. It really does help the show grow. You hear me say it all the time, and it's true. It helps. So if you could take a moment to hit pause, scroll down, and leave a rating and review, we would really appreciate it. And hey, if you do, Take a screenshot of your rating and review and send that screenshot photo to support at ketocamp.com. We will reply with a PDF link to our KetoFlex Cookbook 21 Fat Burning Keto Recipes, which retails for $21. You'll get it for free. Email that to support at ketocamp.com. Did you know there's actually beverages that can supercharge your fasting results? My favorite which is a keto powerhouse, is apple cider vinegar. There's a ton of research showing apple cider vinegar has been beneficial for boosting your metabolism, suppressing appetite, reducing fat storage. That's because apple cider vinegar contains acetic acid, which is a short-chain fatty acid that's been shown to promote weight loss in those ways. Also, apple cider vinegar is one of the best ways to balance your blood sugars. A study showed apple cider vinegar improved insulin sensitivity after high-carb meals up to 34%. We also know that apple cider vinegar stimulates digestion, acts as a bile stimulant to help break down the fat you're eating on keto. Another research study showed apple cider vinegar protects against mineral depletion. If you're like me, you probably don't like the taste of apple cider vinegar. I think it tastes disgusting. That's why my go-to is Paleo Valley's Apple Cider Vinegar Complex. This is an organic blend of apple cider vinegar and four more gut and health supportive superfoods. 
I take this before my meals, I take it before coffee, and this enhances my fast and my blood sugar regulation. You'll find it contains organic apple cider vinegar, organic turmeric, organic ginger, organic Ceylon cinnamon, and organic lemon. Since you are a listener of the Keto Camp podcast, we worked out an exclusive discount code for you to get the apple cider vinegar complex capsules and all of the products over at Paleo Valley. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. By the way, they got delicious beef sticks and an awesome organ meat complex. Go check them out. Paleovalley.com. That is KETOCAMP15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. All right, let's have a fun conversation with Keith Norris. Today, I'm grateful to have with me for the second time on the Keto Camp Podcast, Keith Norris, who is the co-founder, along with his amazing wife, Michelle, of the world's largest and most well-known paleo event called Paleo FX. Paleo FX boasts the blue bloods, the cream de la cream of the paleo world, as well as other super high-level experts in the area of the health, fitness, supplements, training, exercise, functional exercise, and more. A list of who's who is so dense and full of important information. These are life-changing events that take place in Austin, Texas. While Keith's Paleo Effects offers way more than the internationally known Paleo Effects event, the Paleo Effects event is his baby. And in this conversation, we're going to talk about the event and also his latest book, Primal Uprising. Here's Keith Norris. Keith Norris, brother, welcome back to the Keto Camp Podcast. Ben, it's good to be back, brother, and it's good to talk to you. A lot has changed since our last conversation, which was about two years ago. And you've, you and your company, Paleo FX, you and your wife, Michelle, have pivoted and done some awesome online things I've been a part of. And thank God there's actual an in-person Paleo FX event coming up on April 29th through May 1st, 2022 in Austin, Texas, which we're going to talk all about. But even the transition between our last conversation and now, something else exciting has happened. And that is the fact that you and Michelle have released this book, as you have the poster behind me and I'm holding it in my hand, called Primal Uprising, The Paleo FX Guide to Optimizing Your Health, Expanding Your Mind, and Reclaiming Your Freedom. Why did you decide to write this? How long did it take? What was the inspiration behind the book, Keith? Well, okay, so I am the eternal optimist, Ben. And let me tell you how this came down. Michelle and I had the idea for this book, and we had written an outline five years ago. Actually, it's more than five years ago now. Probably seven years ago now. And we floated this to publishers all over the place. And it wasn't like we didn't have access to any publishers. We knew through uh, friends and colleagues, we knew a number of publishers and we had an agent. That agent at that time told us, I love this concept and I am gonna try like hell to sell it. And I'm just gonna let you guys know, it, it's got a 10% chance of selling. And this was, you know, seven years ago. She said, times are too good. People are too fat, dumb and lazy. They don't wanna be told all of the things that you're telling them in this book. She said, hold on, things are going to change, and this message will become very, very relevant. I'm asking you to hold on, to believe, believe in me, believe in the the fact that I can get this thing sold, but I can't sell it into the environment that we're in right now. So just hang on. So we did. 
and we waited and we waited. And quite frankly, we just kind of lost track of it. I mean, we lived these principles day in and day out, but as far as trying to sell a book and, and expouse those principles, we kind of, I wouldn't say gave up on it, but we moved on to other things, paleo FX and other things we were doing. As soon as COVID hit, and we were one of the first events in Austin to get shut down right behind South by Southwest. In fact, we had friends that were at uh, South by Southwest who called us one evening and said, hey, just letting you know, this is what's coming down the pike. I don't know what to tell you guys, but I'm, you know, we are the third largest event in Austin behind South by Southwest and ACL. Wow, that's amazing, by the way. Congrats. Yes, yeah, thanks. And sure enough, Two days later, we got a, we got emails and a call and we were given stipulations that there was no way we could meet impossible to meet and pull off an event. So in that same week where we were forced to pull the plug on paleo FX, we got three bids on this manuscript. <laughs> wow. Different publishers. Yeah. Three. And so on the one hand, we had to deal with layoffs and mothballing a business that our hearts and souls were entwined in. Paleo FX is more than just a business for Michelle and I. It, it's way more than a business. It is our life. We put our lifeblood into that, and it is an honorarium of our daughter who died, you know, 12 years ago. So there's that. But on the other hand, now we have the prospect of actually being able to release this book into the world. So we did, uh, we found a publisher, Ben Bella, who we believe in and we love, by the way, who we wound up signing with. And the publisher said, because Paleo FX 2020 or 2021 was still a viable concept, maybe at that time, they wanted us to rush writing this book. Remember, we just had an outline. We didn't have anything written. They said, good news is, yes, we want to sign you. Bad news is, we need this manuscript like yesterday so we can get this thing ready for publication for the 21 event. So we hunkered down. Uh, we packed up, went to New Mexico, outside of Albuquerque, outside the um, Sandia Mountain Range, hunkered down microdosed a little bit of substance and for 10 days went on a writing spree and in 10 days we pumped this thing out we were contracted for a 75,000 word manuscript we came in at 290,000 so many actual words we had written and we began the process of paring it down to the 70 actually it's about 90k is what we ended up with we negotiated 90,000 after we got down to 100,000, we said, we can't cut it anymore. They're like, you have to bring this thing in some more. That's tough. It's, it's tough to do that because you, you feel like I need this needs to be in the book, right? Yes. And so there were entire sections that we were crying about having to leave out. And they said, it's not going to be left out. You've got enough material for book two and book three. So, you know, we're going to keep this on standby. We're going to roll with this book. And there was a lot of stuff in the book that the publisher was like, we are down with you. And there is no way that we can publish this in a first book. <laughs> so that's a little teaser for book two and book three. This is just getting the toes into the water 
of our true beliefs. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, it takes a lot deeper. But I mean, it's good because this is the starting point of waking up to your sovereignty and claiming your sovereignty. The, the points that we discuss here are the very points that Michelle and I learned and Michelle and I do and that we teach others. That, that word sovereignty, a lot of people hear it. They don't really understand it. What would be your definition of sovereignty? So sovereignty, in my definition, is your God-given right as a human being. You were born a fully sovereign individual, meaning you are the captain of your own ship. Nobody has jurisdiction over your body. Nobody has jurisdiction over what goes into your body. Nobody. And we have, as a population, we have given that up. We have outsourced our health to doctors and so-called experts. We have outsourced our governance to others who think that they have control over us. And this has been a willing act. We have been hoodwinked as a society that that's the normal course of action. In my opinion, it is abnormal. It's abhorrent, in fact, to outsource control of your body to another. What goes into your body, what you do with your body, how you think, what you think. Your actions, as long as you do not harm another, are your actions. And you should be given free will to do that. It is your God-given right, in my opinion. And all you have to do is claim it. But you do have to claim it. And you have to claim it loudly. And you have to claim it into the face of public opposition because 90% of the people have been hoodwinked into thinking otherwise. And you say on, the, on your title, reclaim your freedom, right? So do you believe when we were kids, we had that power and we lost it? Yes. When we came into this world, we came into it. It is a God-given right. You can even be an atheist and think this. When you were born, you were born with that right. The government did not allow you to be born. The government has no say over your life, only the say that you give it. And I understand that's an extreme uh, position for most people to take. It's my position. And in my opinion is the only thing I'm an expert in. So <laughs> um, you're right. Abundance is our birthright. One of my favorite quotes is from abundance. They took abundance and what remained was abundance, right? There is no limited supply of abundance. There's abundance everywhere. And your book helps people become aware of the abundance all around them. And the book has been endorsed by some really great names. I'm going to read them off here. Praise for Primal Uprising, Dave Asprey, J.J. Virgin, Sean Wells, my good friend, Dr. Bickman, uh, Dr. Mikra Hamilton. You also have Ben Greenfield, Paul Check, Molly Maloof, and of course, myself saying, it's a great book, book, go get it. And we'll put a link in the notes for you to get it. But I want to I wanna get into these seven pillars. Like on the cover, I thought it was pretty cool that you kind of outlined the seven pillars that the book discusses. And I thought it would be cool to go through the seven pillars and maybe take maybe two actionable steps from each one. Does that sound good, Keith? Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the first pillar that I see here, which is part two, the physical pillar, what is that? And what are some act two actionable steps we can do from this pillar? Yeah. Well, I'll back up for just a second and say, you know, how did we come to these pillars? Yeah. Great, que great question to ask. Yeah. <laughs> how did we come to these pillars, Keith? <laughs> right. So... Back in the day, back in a former life, I used to be a uh, strength and conditioning coach. Um, I owned gyms in Austin, Texas. And Michelle was a coach in a, in a kind of another vein. She was a personal chef. 
Um, she also ran a catering company that was, you know, a paleo gluten-free at the time because that was so hard to find at the time we were doing this. Um, so she was coaching people on, on diet. I was coaching people on diet and, and, you know, strength and conditioning and that kind of thing. And I noticed throughout my coaching career, not just in the gym ownership business, but even coaching, you know, high school athletes and collegiate athletes and other high performers, that all of these high performers reached a limit somewhere. And when they reached a limit, their ability to perform started to tank. And oftentimes their ability to perform, say in the physical arena, had nothing to do with physicality, had nothing to do with diet, and had everything in the world to do with some other aspect of their lives. That aspect might be the financial aspect of their lives. It might be uh, the relational aspect of their lives. It might be the tribal slash community aspect of their lives, but somewhere they were train wrecking. And what they were trying to do, and I'll use entrepreneurs as an example, because that happens to be the people that I work with most now. What do entrepreneurs do whenever they feel themselves beginning to train wreck? They double down on entrepreneurship. They start another business. They double the hours they work on their business. They do all of these things in hopes that that will then buoy them out of the rut that they're in. And what happens is they wind up train wrecking even worse. So for example, when I was running these gyms, kind of my uh, clientele, the group of people I was working with most were attorneys and very, very high powered attorneys and especially women attorneys. That just happened to be my clientele. You know, it was a word of mouth thing in the gym business. Inevitably, I would get these clients in who were 35 to 40 years old, usually divorced, couple kids, and they wanted to lose that last you know, 20 to 30 pounds. And they came to me because I was the guy. And they wanted me to train wreck them in the gym and give them a completely harsh diet because they thought that was the answer to them losing that extra weight. And inevitably, it was something else. It was some kind of an internal trauma in their bodies that they had not yet taken care of. And that trauma was preventing them from losing that weight. And I stumbled upon this very, very early on with athletes and athletic performance, because that's often the same thing. If you have a kid that chokes, for instance, repeatedly, there is something going on there. It has nothing to do with the sport or his ability and has everything to do with some other trauma in his life that is unresolved. And I had very little tools to get into that. I just happened to be adept at asking questions and getting people to trust me and getting them to like open up their lives to me. But I saw person after person after person, if I could resolve the trauma, this magical weight that they couldn't lose started melting away with no other changes in diet or exercise. And so as we looked at this over the years, these problem areas began to crop up and we could bucket them in different buckets and it wound up being seven different buckets or pillars and these are the pillars that we are discussing now so that's kind of, that's how this idea came to be i love it i think it's brilliant it's not as simple as you know eat keto and exercise or practice intermittent fasting those are great tools but they're not the only tools out there 
uh, health is a multifactorial disease is multifactorial. And I, I have a big philosophy to identify the interference and work on remo- removing that interference. You call it the blockage, same thing, trapped emotions, etc. So I think it's brilliant. And you outline each pillar in detail in the book. So let's start with that, the physical pillar. What is that exactly? And what are two actionable steps we can do from that? Sure. So the physical pillar is the one that I happen to be most adept in. And so this the whole thing works on me too, right? I came into this world just having, I, I don't know, like a knowledge of health and wellness and strength and conditioning and athleticism. And I, I, I can't remember ever not wanting to eat right to better myself and my physical body. I don't know what that was. I don't know why I came into the world that way, but I did. And so that for me is my go-to pillar. When I was younger and trying to negate the traumas that I had no idea I had, but let me tell you, I had a lot of them. How did I do that? I did it by doubling down on athleticism and eschewing everything else because that was my calling card. And I doubled down on athleticism and those other areas of my life just got progressively worse and worse and worse until I hit a brick wall at about 28 and I had to make some major changes in my life, which is a whole other story. But going back to the physical pillar, this is the basic one that all your listeners know. It's eat right, it's exercise. But above that too, it is listen to your body. Being able to dial in and listen to your body. Ben, our bodies are talking to us 24-7, 365. It is the most intelligent aspect of ourselves that we are associated with. More so than our conscious mind. Way more so than our conscious mind. It's the body and the subconscious mind know everything about us, and they are telling us everything about us 24-7, 365. We just have to dial in and listen to it. And hear the wisdom of that. Speak a little bit more about the subconscious mind. I talk a lot about it, you know, how it's really developed, these paradigms that are developed during the first few years of our life. But talk about that and how that is coming into play as an adult, how it's just running on autopilot. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, subconscious mind or the unconscious mind, it's, uh, the two terms are interchangeable, is responsible for 95% of your day-to-day actions. We don't think of it as such we think of ourselves as conscious beings and that we run around as conscious beings all the time that's not the case five percent of being conscious of your actions is on the extreme end of the scale most of the time it's more like 98 percent unconscious slash subconscious there are stories that are written into the unconscious subconscious that are on replay they are the stories of our lives Mostly those stories got there between the ages of zero and seven during the imprint age, which is super important for human beings because during the imprint stage is when a tribal child learns the ways of the tribe that he has been born into, he or she has been born into. It's very, very important. And so they are sponges at that age. They pick up everything all the ways and means of being a tribal member they pick up, which is excellent. That's how we got to where we are today. It's a big portion of how we got to where we are today because we take a long time as beings, as animals to develop. 
right? So we have to be able to develop very, very quickly, and that's part of the process. The problem is now in a modern society, not only are you picking up the good things that you need to pick up to function in society, you're also peppered with all kinds of bullshit and things that will hamstring you later in life. And we're largely unaware of what, what is good in helping us and what is hamstringing us. And the subconscious mind accepts everything as truth. It does. Everything is truth. There are no negations. There are no negatives. This is why most habit change routines don't work is because those routines are focused on the conscious mind and the conscious mind's actions. And you're not operating there 95% of the time. So you had to be to uh, institute a an effective habit change, you have to go into the subconscious mind and redirect that and rewrite the story. And there are ways to do that. And we coach people through how to do that, both inside the uh, teacher plant space and outside of the teacher plant space. But it's very, it's very, very, very important. You know, going back, that's also why, you know, 90% of uh, New Year's resolutions go unresolved. It's the same thing because they're trying to change it at the conscious level and that just won't work willpower is a very limited resource people think i have the most willpower in the world i can tell you i have no more willpower than anybody else i just know how this game is played i set up systems and processes to where i take willpower off the table now, i love that keith i think it's 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 so important to understand that you have to exercise before you exercise a lot of people are relying on motivation and i think motivation is a symptom that you're not living on purpose with your purpose. What you want is inspiration, which is within. Motivation is external, but you don't you don't change the kitchen by painting the outside of the house, right? You gotta go inside and paint the kitchen. Uh, and it starts with those thoughts. You teach that to your clients. Uh, Bob Proctor once said a great quote. It always stuck with me. 3% of the population think, 2% of the population think they think, and 95% of the population would rather die than think. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very true. <laughs> and people are, they hear that. So we, we're saying this with love, by the way. We're saying this, we're not calling anybody out. We're calling you up. And when I say that, people are like, what do you mean we're not thinking? I'm thinking all the time. And no, it's the same thoughts from the day before and the day before, which is this thinking, thinking negative thought. It's not a creative, original thought. So from my research, I found only two ways to change these paradigms. Number one, an emotional impact, right? When you lost your daughter, an emotional impact that changed the way you thought. When I lost my dad, same thing. 9-11 was an emotional impact for a lot of people. We don't want to go through that route because it takes it's a lot of emotions and, and challenges. The second way is the repetitive actions, right? So I imagine that's what you teach your clients. Same thing. Yeah, it's, it's impact and repetition. Those are the two ways, which is another reason why we use, in some cases, teacher plants, because that affects the impact without there being a life scenario that's the big impact. So you're getting bang for the buck in a safe container, so to speak. Share what that is, teacher plant. Um, yeah, so without <laughs> trying to trying to stay on the right side of people who may not like this work to be done, um, so we're talking plant medicines and psychedelics. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years, and then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product 
called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. I have a lot of close friends who love plant medicine. It's changed your life. They've had all these trapped emotions help them break through. You're one of them, by the way. You've shared some great things. Sean Wells and Dr. John Lawrence and a few others. Does your book get into plant medicine? I, I didn't see that. It, it did? So that was one of the things. We touch on it, yes. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of material directed that way, and the publisher was like, eh, not just yet. <laughs> so maybe book two or book three. Yeah. So what are the two action steps we can take from the physical pillar? Yeah, so just, you know, for most of your listeners, I think the two big action steps are obviously, you know, you want to, to choose whatever workout it is for you that you will do on the daily, right? I love lifting and I love riding bikes and I love sprinting and doing all of that. I don't expect that everybody else loves those things, but that's what I do. Yours could be yoga, yours could be dance, your, yours could be a, a myriad of different things. Find out what the it is and do it and do it because you love it. So that's number one. Number two, I don't even have to go into the diet. We all know the diet side of it, right? I mean, but you have to pick a diet that is healthy for a human being and more specifically your human being. Pick that diet and stay with it. And I think the other piece of this, which kind of skews off into the mental side of things is just what you said. How are you gonna rewrite these stories? Because you can say, I want to work out. And subconsciously, you may have a story that says, uh, you're not an athlete. Uh, you were born to be fat and sloppy. Uh, you be all of these, all of these stories get imprinted into the mind when we were young, most of them. Some of them get imprinted when we're older. We're seeing a lot of that now. But it's by the same process. Impact, repetition. And when you are young, young being between zero and seven, your brain is a sponge by design. Believe me, when people say, you know, I can't believe my kid repeated, you know, what I said the other day, they pick up everything, everything. Even if you think they didn't hear it, they didn't see it. They Believe me, the work we do when we dive people back into their, they know everything and it gets registered and it gets registered 
in your subconscious and you will act on it. Even before the baby's born, while well, it's in the Even womb. before the baby's born. Yeah. Yep. And we could start to get into the woo side of things too. Past life, genealogical, all of that. But that's that's kind of more for the woo section. That'll be book three. <laughs> <laughs> so the three action steps from the physical pillar, find an activity you enjoy doing and do that. Number two is eat real food. Of course, I'd love to teach you how to keto flex. That could be a great option for many people. And then and then number three was change your story. You know, this thinking, thinking. You created that thought, which is pretty cool because you could create a better thought. So change your story. Well, have you ever heard of landmark education? Yes, I have. Yep, totally. have, you, have you done it? I have not done it, but it is uh, from what I gather, and I know a lot of people who have, I have been through just about the full gamut of NLP training, which okay. is neuro linguistic programming, which is a very close cousin to that. Yes, a lot of similarities. Uh, so I did, I did the whole curriculum of a landmark several years, changed my life. But one of the things that it taught me is that everything is empty and meaningless. We attach the meanings and it's these stories that we create, which is powerful, right? How powerful is that to understand, Keith? It is absolutely correct. I've often wondered, why is this stuff not taught in school? I used to think this several years ago. Why is this stuff not taught in school? Because this is so liberating. It's so empowering. It can, this can change people's lives. Well, guess what? That's exactly why it's not taught in school. That's the last thing you want as a government is to have people awake and questioning and empowered. That is the absolute last thing you want. And I take a lot of flack for, for saying that, and I will stand by it 100% completely. The government anyone in power does not want you empowered. That is the absolute last thing they want. Ergo, they will never teach this stuff in school, ever. It'll be up to parents to teach this to their own children. That's right. They're teaching kids parallelograms. <laughs> Some nonsense there. Okay, so that's great. Two, we had three actionable steps, so thank you. Uh, the next one is, which is kind of relating to what we were speaking about here, but we'll get a little bit more specific with the action steps, is the mental pillar. So speak on that, and what are some actionable steps from that? So this is this is one thing, and I, I will kind of uh, piggyback on the uh, you know what we were just talking about about the internal stories. Those internal stories also create addictions, right? So how is it that uh, Michelle and I can work with a heroin addict, and in one night, that heroin addict is no longer an addict the next day at all, has zero calling for it, no withdrawals, no anything. Why is that? because we changed the internal story, or more precisely, that person changed their own internal story. We just acted as mirrors. So the idea is you are captain of your mental capacity. You're, you're captain of your ego. You know, one of the, one of the uh, kind of the spiritual mantras is kill the ego, and I, I would disagree. The ego is a very, very important tool. It's a horrible master. It's a very important tool, right? I see the ego as the, uh, as the CEO of the, of the mind. Somebody, something has to be in charge of all those different psyches that are floating around up inside your mind. And yes, we all have different aspects of our psyche that have splintered, 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 and are being held together by an ego, right? Now, there are steps you can take to reunite those splintered aspects of the psyche if they begin to cause problems, and we can see that happening in people, and we can do that. But for the most part, uh, people operate on the daily because of the actions of their ego, 
being the CEO, controlling all those different aspects. You can think of the ego when it's operating as it should as a loyal steed. You, Ben, the higher you, is the rider of that steed. That steed wants nothing more than to serve something. It wants to serve a higher power. Ideally, it will serve Ben. And Ben's calling, and Ben calls the shots, not the ego. The ego stays put, it does its job, and Ben calls the direction of the ship of Ben. Ben is the captain, not the ego. When things go amok, the ego becomes unruly, and it thinks it's the ruler, and it calls the shots. And that's when things go amok. So part of what we talk about in mind is getting control of the ego and realizing that's its place. In my opinion, it's not to kill the ego, it's to put the ego in check. Another aspect of the mental side of it is to realize that this is where adaptivity, being adaptive and being resilient, two very important aspects of the mind. Now, going back to, let's say, depression, which all depression is, is rumination on the past, right? So if we can bring someone into the present state of mind to where there is no past, there is no future, there is only the now, you've just negated depression and anxiety. Anxiety is fear of a future event that has not yet happened because it's in the future. That's anxiety. Depression is the other side of that, rumination on the past. You can change neither of those. The only thing that you have control over, if we have control of anything, is your response in the presence, and that's it. And that is a very liberating aspect. And the idea that we are adaptive animals, if a problem arises, we adapt around it. We, we formulate a new game plan. If the old game plan didn't work, we formulate another one and we roll on. Resiliency is weathering the storm. I love so it. Two, two different, very, very different aspects, resiliency and adaptivity. And by the way, normal uh, pharmacology or pharmacological intervention to depression increases resilience at the cost of also decreasing one's ability to feel joy or bliss. Yeah, it numbs them. A blank slate, right? Yeah. You, just, you don't go anywhere. Yeah. Psychedelics affect one's adaptability. You still have the highs and lows. You're still a feeling human being, but now you have unique ways of working around issues and problems. You've increased that. Now, I'm not saying there's not a place, especially initially in someone who has severe depression, by increasing resiliency through pharmacology. I think it can be a great intervention and save some people. But for that to be the long-term answer is not the answer. Yeah, it's not getting to the cause. Yeah, it's not getting to the cause. Depression is a, is a symptom, right? And, and a symptom. the symptom is not the problem. The problem is underneath. And what you're talking about is being aware of the ego, in increasing your resiliency, your adaptability, and then allowing your body to, to do what it's designed to do, which is to heal itself. But the interference is the problem. And I, I love what you shared about depression being a problem as being of being fixated on the past, anxiety being a problem, being fixated on a future event that's not even real but it's perceived to be real. Uh, again, going back to Bob Proctor, because he, he reminded me of what you just said. He said, don't look back in fear or forward in anger or anxiety, but look around in awareness. And you're saying, 
be aware of your thoughts. Where does the where does affirmations come into play here? I personally love affirmations. I continue to do them. They've changed my life, but it's the affirmations with the actions, not just woo-woo affirmations. So where do affirmations come into play for you? So affirmations, from my standpoint, affirmations help bring us into the present. For instance, one of my favorite affirmations, if I am uh, in a journey that's going sideways, and some journeys do go sideways because that's the nature of them, my affirmation after I focus on my breath is I am. I am, I am, I am, draws me into the presence along with focusing on my breath. It's about the simplest mantra you can think of, which is what you need in that instance when your world is crashing in around you. But that brings you into presence. Once you're in presence, there is no past, there is no future, there is only the now. I am, I am, I am. My breath in, my breath out, I am. Boom. That brings me right into the here and now. There's also another trick you can do with your eyes, and that's called going into periphery. I can explain roughly how that's done now. It's just, it is uh, focusing, uh, say, on the horizon with a soft gaze. And you're trying to see everything around you at 180 degrees, taking it all in, taking it all in, taking it all in, and then try to expand your vision even back into a 360 behind you. That forces you into presence. That's cool. I haven't heard of that. And, and I've used this on clients. If they start to get anxious about something, right? I've used it myself. I used to be hugely, I used to have stage fright, Ben, like you could not imagine. To get on stage and speak, Wow. I would rather be shot. Yeah, me, me too, by the way, me too. <laughs> and that was one of the tricks that I learned very, very early on, both that mantra, I am, I am, I am, and going into periphery. And now when I'm on stage, I am in periphery the entire time. Aha. Uh-huh. Powerful. And it helps me focus right now, right now. I still could, you know, if I didn't do those things, I would start to wig out on stage. I don't know what it is. I still haven't figured this out. But apparently there's some story in my subconscious got planted in there somehow that, uh, you know, whatever that story is produces someone who is terrified of being on stage. But I can rectify that easily by getting out of the rumination of that or the projected fear of being on there by being in presence right now. And by the way, presence is flow. You cannot be in flow without being present, right? So when you hear about the flow state, athletes being in the flow state, yes, they are in flow state. And the, how they got there is because they were forced to be present. That's how I first experienced presence was via flow state, via athletics. And being a young kid, I was like, what is that? It's like time slowed down to a crawl. All of the all of those things, and I was so amazed by it. That is what got me starting to study psychology. That's what got me down that whole path of studying human psychology. I wanted to. I was like, "What is that? Holy cow!" I think that's a reason why a lot of people love CrossFit. For example, when you're doing a CrossFit wad, to your point, you're in flow state. But for a lot of people, that's the only time they're in flow state. The rest of the time, they're being dictated by their environment. So people get addicted to that flow state and they become addicted to CrossFit. But what if you could get that flow state whenever you want? And that's what you're explaining here, which is super powerful. Yeah, I love that. The next one is the emotional pillar. What's that about? What are some action steps from that, Keith? Yeah, so I think one of the things that we've seen in the last two years is the inability of people to have hard discussions. 
right? That is an emotional trait. That is emotional resilience, right? To be able to have a discussion with someone who you vehemently disagree with. That used to be a, a staple of civil life, to have these disagreements. If you ever want to see a master of debate, Baldwin was his last name right now, and I cannot remember his first name. He's a, a civil rights pioneer. If you ever get time, go back and watch some of this gentleman's debates on TV in the early 60s. It was amazing. His verbal acuity, his ability to absorb all of the arrows that were being flung at him at that time, to absorb them and parry them and turn around and very eloquently and softly eviscerate his opponents. It is a thing of beauty to watch. And it is an example of emotional stability because there is no way you can do that if you get wrapped around the axle, as they say in the South. There's no way you can do that. You lose contact with your prefrontal cortex, you go into fight or flight, and you resort to your to your monkey mind or lizard brain, whatever you want to call it, and things get ugly from that. So uh, mental agility and resiliency in that realm, I think, are hugely, hugely important. I agree with you, by the way. So important. What, what I see is a lot of people are actually getting a high, a dopamine hit off of being offended. Right, and, totally. And I know you see that as well. The littlest things, which is not the definition of resiliency, is the actual opposite of it. So what you're talking about here is emotional resilience, EQ, emotional intelligence. And in this chapter, you go into to how to do that. I think it's important to have the discussions. You know, if somebody completely disagrees with you, we should live in a society where we could have a discussion and maybe we'll, maybe we'll change our mind. Maybe there's something that they're looking at that we're not seeing or vice versa, but being able to just have that conversation without being angry is what you're referring to here. And here's one thing that your uh, your listeners can do. Here's one thing that I do. At least weekly, I pick a subject that I feel adamant about. It could be the paleo diet. It could be the keto diet. It could be, you know, my position on vaccinations and masks. It could be any of a host of things. And I will go down and delve into the opposite point of view, deep dive into the opposite point of view and see if there's anything there that will even begin to change my mind. And the only way that I can do that legitimately, and I know if I'm doing it legitimately or not, I know inside, the only way I can do that is with emotional resilience, and what I call holding center in the chaos. Holding center in the chaos is being calm, collected, when everything is swirling around you to make you try to make you otherwise. That's the only way you can do it. I love that. That's a great action step for those listening. Do what Keith does once a week to eliminate this cognitive dissonance that many of us have. So Kudos to you for doing that work. I love that. Super, it's super important. I think it's a huge practice. And that's just a shout out to my college debate professor. For, <laughs> uh, yeah, he would have us. He would have us debate the opposite side of where we were, which is a which was a practice where I learned that. Very cool. I love that. Spiritual pillar is the next one. Talk about that. So spiritual could be you know your relation to other. And that relation can be to God, it can be to the, you know, 
Father Sky, Mother Earth. Um, it could be to science, right? There are a lot of people who science is their religion and maybe not necessarily good science either, but it's a relationship to other. My relationship is my relationship. You know, you can call it to God. You can call it to the universe. You can call it to great spirit. But I have a relationship, a personal relationship with other. There is some entity that is higher than me. And I think it's very, very healthy ever, ever how that works out for the person. Which could be prayer, meditation. I mean, there's different variations to access. That's what you're saying. Totally. Yeah, all of that. And it doesn't have to be a religion. I mean, Buddhism is a philosophy, not a religion. You can look at it that way. So it doesn't have to be uh, re religions are entities that ask you to believe. And that's cool if that's the, the route you want to go. Totally cool. Something like Buddhism is a philosophy. It doesn't ask you to believe anything. It asks you to try on. The spiritual work that we do surrounding plant medicines and psychedelics would be more akin to uh, Buddhism, right? I'm not asking anybody to believe anything. I'm just saying, try it on for size and see what you get out of it. See what you think about it. See what you bring back. And there's all different marriages and aspects to that too. I, you know, personally, I would call myself a Christ follower, not necessarily a Christian by the Christian's definition. But I'm also a follower of Buddha. I'm also a follower of Ganesh. I mean, I, uh, my personal spirituality encompasses a lot of different teachings, and that's cool. I have very, very good friends who are staunch Catholics, and we get along fine. And we have great discussions, by the way, because we are both, you know, emotionally intelligent enough to, to have these dis grown-up discussions. Do you think in the last 20 months, as a population, our spiritual connection has gotten stronger or weaker? Yeah, I've seen both sides of it, Ben. Yeah, I've seen, you know, I, I'm probably not a uh, objective observer of this because of the clientele that I work with. Uh, the clientele that I work with largely leans spiritual, and I rarely get people in my circles who are not already leaning that way. So I'm probably not a good person to ask for that. I, I can tell you that interest in the work that we do has increased dramatically. So maybe that's an indication that people are becoming more spiritual or at least more open to exploring. I don't know. I don't know. And again, um, obviously, my group is self-selected and, and biased. So yeah, no, fair. That's fair. Financial pillar. Let's talk about that. You know, money is freedom and it's energy. So why did you decide to put a financial pillar in there? Absolutely. Because money is freedom, right? It is the grease that greases the skids of our society, whether we like it or not. And personally, this finances and personal relationships were my biggest bugaboo. They were my biggest hamstring in life. I grew up a very, in a very blue-collar area where people who had money were seen as evil. And there was only one way they got that money, and that was by screwing over somebody else. And that message was implanted in me at an early age, that we do honest work for an honest day's wage, that kind of thinking, which 
in one respect, I love because I was brought up in a culture to where things valued and people valued other people more so than their their financial well-being. And people looked out for one another and all of those things. Beautiful, beautiful lessons. And it killed me as an entrepreneur because subconsciously I had the idea in my subconscious mind that if I made money, I was a bad person. Mm, me too. And so subconsciously, and this is the way this works, your subconscious mind will go out of its way to see that you are not a bad person. And so you will have roadblock after roadblock after roadblock to making money. Even though consciously I said, oh, hell no, make it rain. Subconsciously, that story was telling a completely different story. And that is a perfect example of how this is done. And oh, by the way, do you think the elites who are in control of this show teach their kids that idea? No, absolutely not. But I can tell you what the 99% is taught. That same thing that I was taught growing up. It is a control mechanism. Ben, you know, yes, we live in fiat currency and they print that stuff every day, every day. You're as welcome to it as I am, as anybody else listening to this. And yes, it will make your life easier. Money is not the root of all evil. Evil thought is the root of all evil. Mm. And it's, I think the Bible said the greed of money, right? That's, that's, it's not the love of money or wanting, it's the greed of it. We're not talking about being greedy here. If you're anything like me, you probably spend some money each month on your supplements. But what if you're still tired and you just don't feel 100% well? Well, there could be a deficiency. What if there was a way to know if you were actually absorbing your supplementation or not absorbing and maybe you're taking too much of something? Well, what I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that. In this case, I'm talking about upgraded formulas, upgraded hair test kit and consultation and once you uncover these hidden deficiencies, you could get rid of these symptoms you might be experiencing that might be affecting your thyroid, adrenals, or much more. Upgraded Formulas is a very cool company. I interviewed Barton Scott, who is the founder and chemical engineer who helps craft all their supplements, and they have this really cool upgraded mineral deficiency analysis. So say goodbye to blood and urine tests, which typically indicate short-term results, Hair is the best identifier, and you could get that hair from your head, armpit area, or even pubic area, and you'll receive a consultation with a member of Upgraded Formulas to help discuss your results. And it's very simple. Collect your hair sample, send it in, and get your results fast. We've worked out an exclusive deal, KetoCamp podcast listeners, to receive 10% off your order. Head to UpgradedFormulas.com, use the coupon code BEN10, at checkout to get your hair mineral kit and any other supplements that you could find on their website. That is upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code BEN10. I mean, think about it rationally, logically. Somebody who says, you know, money is for jerks, money is you have to screw somebody over, the paradigms you had, the paradigms I had. You go to Whole Foods supermarket and have $400 worth of groceries and you go to the cash register and they're like, oh, your total is $432. And you're going to say, I'm going to pay with my happiness. <laughs> no, 
that you got to pay with money. I mean, and, ha- and money doesn't bring you happiness. That's a stupid statement. But I know that I'll be much happier if I had money to create freedom in my life than if I didn't. And we need to, you know, get rid of this idea. It's all money is. It's a magnifier to who you are. If you're an you're going to be 10 times more of an so you get 10 times more of the money. If you're a good person, you're going to help out 10 times more people. It's that tool that you help more people. So I'm with you 100%. I'm still doing work on myself and it's improved over the years, but I still have some blockages that I'm working on. And me too, because that was, so So for me, the relationship issues I got over, you know, pretty easy. There were a few stories that were in my subconscious mind that I eradicated and changed the course of my life um, pertaining to relationships immediately. But I had 10,000 different negative stories about money and they i root them up every now and again another will come up i'm like oh look at that okay i'll get michelle and we'll team up and do some work and i'll go in and eradicate another one it's just like going into a garden that's just full of weeds you go through the first pass you get most of them but every now and again you got to take another oh there's another one boom get rid of that one oh there's another one boom get rid of that one and they crop up situationally so these things do not, you know, crop up until there's a certain situation that triggers a thought. And then you're like a bumper car, you're bumping around and wondering what the hell is going on here. Hold on a minute. That was a huge one for me. And that's a huge one for a lot of people, right? Think of all the good that can be done with money. Uh, exactly. If you're, if you're a good person, you're going to be able to help more people. One of the blockages I had was with my mom. She always loved buying me things and, you know, taking care of me and spoiling me. I'm a mama's boy. So one of the subconscious blocks I had was that if I end up being financially free, she won't be allowed to take care of me anymore. And it would be hurting my mom because she gets so much joy from that. So once I discovered that was a block for me, I allow her to still, you know, do the things she wants to do for me. And I show appreciation to to that. And I And I broke through that that blockage. So you had 10,000 of those. That's incredible to find. Um, I had several as well. Yeah, they are rampant. And yeah, and and like I say, they continue to crop up and I continue to eradicate them. I, and I think, Ben, that we all come into this life with challenges that we signed up for. And, you know, I think I came into this life with that challenge to to get over. We have two more pillars here. The relational pillar. Talk about that one, Keith. Yeah, so the, the, the last two are relational and tribal. And it, in our uh, estimation, the two are similar, yes, but they are different. So relational would be your personal relation with somebody else. Like my, fi- my fiance? Like your fiance, your personal relationship with your fiance, your personal relationship with your mom, your personal relationship with me. And then you can go a little bit wider, you know, your personal relationship with your family. Now, the other side of that is your community, your tribe, right? I just wrote an email today that'll be going out soon to the PaleoFX community talking about the, the compliance bias, right? And talking about how that works. And on the flip side, you can make compliance bias work in your favor if you surround yourself by a tribe of, of people who you aspire to be, because it works in the good way too. So, for, so skewing over to the tribal side of it, for Michelle and I, we surround ourselves with people that we call our soul fam, soul family. These people are soulpreneurs. So they're pretty much all business owners who are business owners that the bottom line is soul and heart and not profit. Profit is hugely important, yes. 
but not at the expense of what it is you're doing. That is, in my opinion, more important. If you're doing what you love and you're providing a good service, the money's, it's going to come. It will come to you. And awesome. And bring it on. And more of it. Yes. So you can do more good. That's the mindset of these people who I am around. And they're just great people. They have all the characteristics of people who I want to be around. They put health and wellness first and foremost. They um, love to be vibrant, right? They love other people. They love their soul fam, all of these types of things. So for me, when I'm with that group, which is why we live in the area we live in, by the way, it's why we base camp here. It's why, so we're nomadic, but we do come back to this area and we come back for one reason, and it's that is our soul fam, because that's where they are based. Um, and that is very, very heartening. I don't know if you've ever read the book Tribe by Sebastian Younger. No. It's a fascinating book. It talks about the, the, the psychological boost that comes from being part of a tight community. And it is a psychological boost. In modern times, kind of the only time that a community has to come together is during um, some kind of an emergency or hurricane, say. Things like that. Forced to come together. You being in Florida, you've probably been through a number of them. People forced to come together like that. And if you ask people after the fact, many years after the fact, what was the most exciting time of their life, the most fulfilling times, guess when those periods happen? During, during those times, I believe it. Oh. Yes, during those times, absolutely. And it's true. So when I was in the military, I had, I, I didn't know what it was at the time. Now I call it inverse PTSD because I see this all the time. Service members come back from the field, from being on deployment, and they get depressed when they get back. What is that about? I mean, you, you just came out of the hellhole and now you're back in the lap of luxury with your family. And the only thing you can think about is getting back in the hellhole. I thought at the time I went through it that I that I was legitimately crazy. I thought I had a screw loose. And oh, by the way, talking about it at that time was verboten. So I know many of my friends were going through the same thing and none of us said anything. But each of us was itching, even though we would say otherwise, itching to get back in the hellhole. Why? Because only there did people rely on us for their lives. You have to put your life in my hands, and that's a massive responsibility. Same, I have to put my life in somebody else's hands. That is a massive leap of faith. That does something in the human psychology that ties them to another person that's very empowering. And the dopamine and serotonin release from that are immense. So when you come back out of that atmosphere and nobody needs you, you don't even know who your neighbor is, and... There's no emergency and nobody's trusting their life with me and I don't have to trust my life with anybody else. You lose all of that. So try now we don't want everybody to be in that situation, but if you can create a tight tribe like Michelle and I have here with our soul fam, you get the benefits of that as well. And they are legion. And I want everybody to read keto flex. I want everybody to read primal uprising Number three on your list, read Tribe from Sebastian Younger. It's a fabulous book. We're going to put links for all those books uh, in, the, in the show notes. We have Rachel who, who will do that. I want to read it myself. Last thing that we're going to finish on is perfect where you just left off. 
tribe. You have created this paleo effects tribe, one of the mm -hmm. biggest conferences, health conferences in the world, the third largest conference in the state of Texas. You developed this massive tribe, amazing following, amazing speakers. Uh, year after year, I've always down, got the uh, video recordings and I would study the videos. Uh, and now it's coming back in person. So talk about this upcoming event. I don't know if you have any confirmed speakers, but what should we expect this next go around for the Paleo FX conference? Yeah, we don't have any confirmed speakers yet because we just started kicking off this process recently. We don't even have a team right now. Um, you know, to go all the way back to the beginning of COVID, we had to let everybody go except for a core group of like PAs and, and people like that. So right now it's Michelle and I, we don't have any confirmed speakers. Um, right now we are getting the flywheel back rolling. And that means if you want to help Paleo FX, buy a ticket, right? Every ticket sale goes towards getting this flywheel effect going so that we can then begin bringing on the people who can run the machine because it is a fast machine. Um, to get this thing up and rolling, we were expecting 10,000 people in 19. That was the projected. We had um, just over 8,500 the uh, the year prior. Um, so 10K was was almost a done deal. We probably would have gone higher than that. But anyway, that's huge. And vendors, or, or I'm sorry, exhibitors and sponsors who are out there, who I get it. Everybody is leery of going into a live event. Everybody got burnt 18 months ago. I 100% get it. And if you want society to go back to the way we want it to go back to, you're going to have to take a leap of faith. And that leap of faith, it's going to have to come monetarily. And it's going to have to come by your actions. If we want this, we have to rebuild it. And believe me, we are rebuilding it. This is like year one for us. The only thing different now than it was uh, 10 years ago when we first started Paleo FX is we have a decade's worth of experience at running large events. That is the only difference. But we are right back to Michelle and I starting this thing and kicking it off. And we need it. The world needs it. Uh, I'll be there. So for those listening, I'll be there. And I'd love to see you, give you a hug and, and have a good time. We need that tribe. We need an in-person tribe. It's just not the same when you do it online. That's a great option but it's not the same thing. It's not the same. And we call it the tribe vibe. When you get on the floor at Paleo FX, you know what I'm talking about. You can feel it. It is palpable. We'll put a link down below for your book and the Paleo FX conference, but is there any specific link you want to mention or anywhere else you want to send them? Uh, Michelle's probably going to kill me <laughs> since I'm the one supposed to be in. <laughs> I could just direct <laughs> them to go to the show notes down below. We're going to Look at the show notes. We're gonna have below. the we'll proper have links down there. We'll have it at the top. We'll have it at the bottom. So we'll we'll write clearly. Paleo FX tickets here. Up a primal uprising book here. So we'll put all that for you. Thank but you it's gonna much. take place. Yeah, you're welcome. It's gonna take place April 29th through May 1st in beautiful Austin, Texas. The sooner you get a ticket, the better, because then they could really get things moving and and coordination. And and plus, I'm sure you're you're probably gonna have it's, the price will probably go up as you get closer to the event, right? That's typically how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Right now tickets are the lowest are going to be all year. And this is the way that, uh, this is the way we do it because realistically most tickets sell in the final month. Yeah. And we I don't want it. that. People drag, you know, people wait, they, you know, they're not sure what they're going to do, you know, that far away. I, I get all of that, which is why we sell tickets early in the cycle at the cheapest they're going to be right. It's, it's no, you, you know, we're not trying to be underhanded or anything like that. That's just business. 
Yeah, I, I understand that. And Texas is one of those states that has been open. So that's good news. And if you decide, you book your flight and you decide not to go, the airlines are giving credit for that. So you don't have to worry about losing your money. So there's, there's things that you could uh, take your mind off of while you make sure you actually confirm and purchase your ticket. Commit to the ticket is what I'm trying to say. So thank you, Keith. Any final words you want to share? Yeah, and you know, so here's me getting over my financial side of things. So the Keith a few years ago would never say this. I am asking each one of your listeners to take a chance on PaleoFX and buy a ticket. There you go. And I can say that with the utmost confidence. Michelle and I are going to bend over backwards to put on a rocking show in 22 because we believe the world needs this message. And we will not be silenced. We're going to come out with guns blazing. We're going to have a fantastic time. And we are here. We exist to change people's lives. And the way you change people lives, people's lives, first and foremost, is to change their health. You give people good health, they're off and running. Amen. There you go. You, you heard it here, Keto Campers. Go get a ticket right now. As soon as this episode is finished, go to the show notes, click the link, get your ticket for you, your family, your friends, buy it for your tribe, and let's have an amazing time. Keith, thank you. And thank you, Michelle, and your team, and just your dedication, and you're constantly evolving. I mean, you've evolved so much from our last conversation two years ago. So I love that, and I respect that. Uh, can't wait to see you and Michelle in, in Austin, Texas at PaleoFX, and to give you a hug. And uh, thank you for the work that you do. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you too, Ben. Thank you for having me on. And to all of your Keto Camp listeners out there, it was lovely speaking with you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Keith. He is such a freedom fighter. He is such a wonderful human being. Go send him some love. Go get his book. We'll put a link for it down below. And hey, we'd love to see you in Austin, Texas in 2022. Head to paleofx.com or just go to the link down below and secure your ticket. You're supporting a wonderful cause. And like we said in the episode, the prices will go up in the next few weeks and months. Might as well lock it in right now. Bring your wife, bring your husband, bring a coworker, bring a friend. Let's have a good time in Austin, Texas. We need, a, we need these in-person events. So I would love to see you there. I also want to encourage you to follow Keith and his wife on social media. We'll put those links in the podcast notes as well. And if you had any value, if you got any value from this episode, please share it with a friend, copy and paste the link, post it on your social media, and leave the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.